Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Basketball. WSBT, WSBTradio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Hi, everyone. Hope you're having a terrific Thursday. We've got sunshine right now in downtown South Bend, Indiana, just a couple of miles up the road. Saturday at 2.30, the Fighting Irish football team will take on the California Golden Bears. The Bears 2-0, Fighting Irish, looking for that first victory of the 2022 season. You can hear the ball game from whistle to whistle. Here on WSBT Radio, 2.30 kickoff pregame coverage at 8 a.m. After the game, Jimmy Rosari, Reggie Brooks with the official Notre Dame football postgame show on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, we have two hours of Budweiser's weekday sports beat tonight. We'll sign off at 7 o'clock because at 7 o'clock tonight, It is the latest installment of the Marcus Freeman Show, and you'll hear it on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. So we'll have Elkhart's most cherished landmark. Hold on, we'll we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. (laughs) Sorry about that. The computer is just going to keep playing things here. All right, as I was saying, Marcus Freeman coming up tonight at seven o'clock. Sports beat. We'll be on the air until 7 here on WSBT Radio. Coming up on the program tonight, we'll have our Twitter question of the day. We are looking ahead at the Notre Dame football schedule in today's Twitter question of the day. We will take a look at the Notre Dame-California lines for Saturday's game. The spread is not moving a whole lot at last check. Notre Dame favored by 10.5. We'll give you all the particulars coming up before the top of the hour. Also, our My 5 question of the day today, the five things the Notre Dame offense needs to do to have success against the Golden Bears. Also coming up in the 6 o'clock hour, it is installment number two of my Notre Dame opponent rankings. This is just like an AP poll or college football playoff rankings, except we are using the 12 teams that Notre Dame plays this year and ranking them 
from 12 to 1. So the latest ranking coming up in the 6 o'clock hour. We've got sports wagering conversation to get to it a whole lot more. And we're going to start things off by allowing you to hear from the head coach of the Fighting Irish who met the media one more time today before Saturday's matchup with the Cal Golden Bears. The first pitch of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. One thing we've learned about Marcus Freeman, he doesn't like to make the game or anything about him. He always wants to talk about the football program, the players. He got asked a lot about going back to his alma mater to play Ohio State in that season opener. And oftentimes you would hear him talking about, my job is to get my team ready to play at Ohio State. So today I thought, I believe it was Tim Priester from Irish Illustrated asked a very good question. And I'll paraphrase because Tim is so much smoother than I am. But Tim asked Marcus about how the players wanted Marcus Freeman to be their head coach when Brian Kelly left. They made it known to athletic director Jack Swarbrick they wanted Freeman. Ultimately, Swarbrick hired Freeman. The reaction of the players was off the chart. We saw it on social media. Players were ecstatic. Now you fast forward, this football team is 0-2. You lose to Ohio State, a game you led late in the third quarter, and you get stunned by Marshall in your home opener. So all of a sudden, you're in unfamiliar territory at 0-2. And Tim went down the road of, hey, these players wanted you. They told Swarbrick they wanted you, and now all of a sudden they're 0-2. Do you worry about them wanting to win this game for you? Or the fact that the players might be putting more pressure on themselves trying to get you your first victory? Here's how Marcus Freeman handled that question earlier today in his Zoom call with the Fighting Irish Media. I think that the focus from myself to our team has been we have to look at why we haven't been successful the first two games and really study it and, and put into action and practice the things we've learned that it's going to take to make sure that we um, have success on Saturdays. And so that's the pressure that I, as the head coach and us, as our coaching staff is putting on our players is here's what we have to do to have success. Here's what we can't do if we want to have success. And now let's make sure in practice that we execute exactly what we're looking for to a T. And so, um, as I told them, you know, you if you continue to listen to all the voices out there that have opinions about um, what you're doing or what we're doing as a football program, you will feel the weight of the world. Focus on the things that, that matter to dictate the outcome on Saturday. That's what I want the pressure to be on. Okay, what things truly dictate um, the outcome of a game? And if we continue to focus on those things, um, we don't have to worry about added pressure from outside. And don't don't play for Coach Freeman. We, we're going to play to make sure that we have a chance to have success. And so that's what the 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 really the the focus and the message has been is to really 
let's let's be critical of our actions in the game and then really take those actions and say okay how do we apply that to the way we practice and to ensure that in the game there is no miscommunication there is no missed assignments there is no missed execution um you know and that's what what we've really been focusing on this week yeah i don't think voices from the outside are going to put more pressure on the players i don't know how much they hear how much they read things they might run across on social media i'm sure from player to player it is totally different one guy might look read listen to everything another player maybe turns off all of his social media outlets and has no idea what is being said let's talk about the ones in the middle i just don't believe a post on a message board a fan asking a question to a website or radio show or expressing their opinion about something of the football team is going to put more pressure on this football team. I just can't give you and me that much credit. We're not going to affect how a football team plays, how they react, how they feel, the pressure. We can't do that. We can't penetrate the walls of the Goog that much that we're going to put that much pressure on the football team to win. So I'd like for you and I to have that much of an impact, but obviously that is definitely not the case. So I just don't believe the voices are putting more pressure on this football team. I worry about the players putting too much pressure on themselves because they want to do well. And you have to worry about if something goes sideways early on in the football game, the last thing you want to see is that look on the players' faces. Oh, my gosh, here we go again. That is concerning. Not radio hosts, not writers, not fans. I worry about that moment when stuff hits the fan, as they say. How's the football team going to react? Do they put more pressure on themselves? A player can put more pressure on himself than anything you and I can do. And I'm sure that locker room wants to win this game, not only for themselves, but they want to get Marcus that first victory. They want to see all of his hard work get rewarded. It hasn't so far. And so that could lead to pressure being put on each person by themselves. Hopefully not. Hopefully they can just wing it. I was thinking ahead to tomorrow's program today, thinking about my advantage game where we break down six categories of the game and try to decide which team will have the advantage. The sixth is always intangibles. And I was thinking today, this might be a rare occasion I give it to the opposing team at Notre Dame Stadium. Because Cal is 2-0, but they have beaten bottom-of-the-barrel teams. We really don't know if they're that good. Well, I have an idea, but against better competition, how good are they? We'll find out for sure, but I think there are parts of their football team, including their offensive line, that are going to have a tough time at Notre Dame Stadium. But for Cal, man, they can just come in and wing it. Go have fun. 
we got nothing to lose. Nobody believes we're going to win this game. You know, you always have to go down that road when you're the underdog. Nobody believes we're going to win this game. Maybe the Cal coach finds out about the points, but also we're 10 and a half point underdogs. I'm going to have to mention that to my team. They can just come in and have fun. If they lose, they're supposed to. They play well. Notre Dame struggles. Heck, they got a shot. While Notre Dame is desperate for a victory. Hopefully they have a group of players in their locker room that have plenty of confidence going into this game. If you have doubts, then things can happen at Notre Dame Stadium. I do believe Notre Dame will win this football game. I even have them covering the spread as of right now. I don't believe it's going to be a high-scoring game. We'll go through all those particulars tomorrow, but pressure can be put on yourself. Your coaches can put pressure on you, but the fans and the media, nah. We're not that good. Don't give us that much credit. 519, Darren Pritchett with you. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on WSBT Radio. Coach Freeman was asked about the status of All-American guard Jared Patterson. Right foot sprain, late in fall practice, couldn't go against Ohio State, played against Marshall. How good of a week has Patterson had? Is he close to 100%? Marcus Freeman talked Jared Patterson earlier today. Oh, he's been great. Um, he's had a great week of practice. Um, I don't know if I could sit here and, and um, say that he feels 100%. You know, I think this will be something over time that he'll feel better and better as time goes on. But he's a warrior, and, and uh, you know, he really, really competed his tail off um, last week and had a great week of practice. He's been a great leader for our group, um, and uh, I expect him to, to play re- really well on Saturday. That's important. I think that's very important. That's why I played that soundbite. The last time we saw Jared Patterson, he was extremely frustrated. Equipment was flying on the field. Wanted to leave the field before the alma mater. Had to be pushed back out on the field for the alma mater. Then was the first guy in the locker room. He's ticked off. He came back to Notre Dame to do great things. He could be in the NFL right now. What does he have to show for it? 0-2 and an injured right foot. I get the frustration. Leaving before the alma mater, that's not what a captain should do. If you fire your helmet, you know what? I, I don't care. I'd be upset too if I were him. I put a lot into this season and here we are at 0-2 and all the goals are gone, at least the big, big goals. I don't know what all their goals are, but playoff, national title, those went by the wayside when they lost to Marshall. So Patterson locked in, according to Coach Freeman, even though he's not 100%, good week of practice, important. Good leader for this football team. He's locked in. Hopefully everybody is pulling from that same rope. I said this yesterday. I'll say it again. On behalf of you, the fan, I say this. Not just me, not just all the media members, but I say this really as much for you as me. The fact that Marcus Freeman had the coordinator speak this week, and apparently it's going to be a weekly thing now, says a lot about he's not going to duck 
when things get tough. Doesn't get much tougher than 0-2 as a first-time head coach to start a new season. He trotted out the coordinators who know the personnel on their respective side of the football better than anybody. They answered the tough questions. Tommy had tougher ones because the offense is averaging 15.5 points per game. Defense, Al Golden, it was more about no takeaways and fourth quarters. But there are a lot of positives with the defense. So the coordinators had different lines of questioning. Al more positive, Tommy more negative. Handled it well. And the fact that Marcus is going to give us this access, which gives you more access to learn more about this football team, that's a very mature thing to do for a first-time head coach. And Marcus was asked today why he's allowing the coordinators to speak, something that Brian Kelly was not a big fan of. I'm trying to give you guys as as much access as uh, you guys would want. And I know I can never give you as much as you you really need um, and would hope for, but trying to give you a little bit more access. And, and again, I think it's it's great for our coordinators to, to get an opportunity to speak and to, um, you know, be able to, to talk about the different things and um, that's going on in our program on their sides of, of the ball. And so it was just something that I had been thinking about um, and uh, decided after last week to go ahead and give them an opportunity to meet with the media. You know, another thing that comes out of this, and to you and I, this is not as important, but this is really good experience for Tommy Reese. It's very easy to meet the media before the season starts. It's really easy to have a chance to talk to the media before you play in a New Year's Six Bowl game because you had to play really good football to get to a New Year's Six Bowl game. So those are easy times to talk to us. But when you're 0-2 and you're 117th in the country in scoring offense at 15.5 points per game and now you're going to try to fix everything as you welcome in the backup quarterback to the starting job. That's a lot. There's a lot of drama that comes along with that and some tough questions from the media. This is good for Tommy if he's going to advance in coaching. Eventually, if he becomes a head coach, it's kind of nice right now to get this experience under his belt. I know that's more him. You don't care about that. You care about Tommy Reese winning football games at Notre Dame. But for his future, this is a great thing. It isn't always going to be rosy, and it never hurts to get practice when the old thorn is in your side. So it's a really good positive for Tommy. Al, hey, he, he was the head coach at Miami. I think he's had plenty of experience of, of thorns being driven into his side. Not easy down there to coach the Hurricanes. I want to wrap up this segment with this. One of the all-time greats in recent Notre Dame football history is making I would call it a triumphant return to campus this weekend. The great Manti Teo is going to be back on campus. He is flying into town. Manti, of course, his senior year at the end was crazy with all the catfishing that went on. The Netflix two-part documentary I thought was very well done. You got to hear Manti's side of the story, and I feel like it Cleanse the palate a little bit for Irish fans. No one was not welcoming 
man tied to Notre Dame anymore from a fan standpoint. But to hear the whole story now, man tied talking about it in this documentary, I think it allowed everybody to kind of forget that, open up your arms, and give him a, I guess, virtual hug. And now he's coming back to South Bend this weekend. Oh, anytime you can have one of your greats come back, it is a uh, a great thing for our program. And, and I try to do that often is is, um, is if we're going to have a, a, a former great um, football player, but somebody that can just talk to our players as, as one that has gone through it, um, I, I love that opportunity. And so when I found out he would be coming back, um, you know, I, I think this is a great opportunity for um, for him to come back to Notre Dame, but for us to also, as a football program, uh, to, to utilize one of our own being back on campus. And so um, I hope that it depends on what time his flight gets in, but would love for him to be able to say hello to the team. And um, listen, I'm not looking for a, a big speech, but as an opportunity for our guys who know who Manti Teo is to be able to uh, be able to sit down and meet him and get a chance to meet one of our own. There you go. Marcus Freeman talking about the return of Manti Teo to the Notre Dame campus this weekend. Manti married. Manti and his beautiful wife. I believe they have a baby daughter now. So things are going very well for Manti Teo post his NFL career. Welcome back, Manti. 527 is our time. Darren Pritchett with you. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on WSBT Radio. Brought to you in part by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Football fans, this Bud's for you. By the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. Midland Engineering Company, bringing their second century of quality roofing experience. Tim Grau, State Farm Insurance, for surprisingly great rates that fit anyone's budget. Call Tim at 574-232-9981. South Bend Orthopedics. Team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. September is Hunger Action Month. How will you choose to help end hunger? Learn more at feedindiana.org. By Legacy Heating and Air, a cook family business. By Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape must be 21 years old. Please play responsibly. And Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. Twitter question of the day is coming up next on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Five thirty-four at Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT. Welcome back to Sports Beat. I'm Darren Pritchett. Good day for the White Sox. They beat the Cleveland Guardians in Cleveland eight to two. The Sox hit five home runs today. Elvis Andrews, Yohan Moncada, Gavin Sheets, Andrew Vaughn, and Yasmani Grandal. Lance Lynn six and a third innings, two earned runs. Sox win eight two. Sox to within three games of AL Central leading Cleveland. And the White Sox got the job done 
today after losing a, a tough one to the Rockies yesterday. So, good day for the White Sox and the leaders of the wild card in the America League. Toronto currently trailing Tampa Bay 5-0 in the eighth inning. Starting today, Toronto, the best wild card team. Seattle, a half a game behind the Blue Jays. Tampa Bay, only a game and a half behind Toronto. So those three are tightly bunched. Then the Orioles are four back. So looks like Jays, Mariners, and Rays, best chance to be the wild card in the American League unless somebody falters and Baltimore gets really, really hot. But White Sox get it done today, winning in Cleveland by a final score of 8-2. to two. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Okay, Twitter question of the day. You find it, of course, each weekday on my Twitter account at 960 Sports Beat. First off today, let's review Wednesday's Twitter question of the day on Sports Beat. Who will win the most regular season games? I gave you three teams to choose from. One from college football, two from the National Football League. Let's remind you, regular season games for college football, 12 for the NFL, 17. You can also argue the college game, there are some gimmies on the schedule that a power team like Notre Dame should win. The NFL, anything goes. You just don't know from week to week. And if you lose your starting quarterback, it can get ugly. So, who will win the most regular season games? Irish, Bears, or Colts? Let's remind you, the Irish are 0-2, the Bears are 1-0, and the Colts are 0-0-1. They had the tie down in Houston. Third place in the vote. There is not a lot of love for the Monsters of the Midway. They just beat one of the favorites in the NFC at Soldier Field last Sunday, the San Francisco 49ers. Former Irish offensive lineman Mike McGlinchey on that San Francisco team. Bears won 19-10. No, the offense wasn't pretty throughout, but they made enough plays at the end to get the victory over San Francisco. Great performance by the defense in a day in which... Mother Nature won with that heavy rain at Soldier Field. But at the end of the day, in our vote, who will win the most regular season games? The Bears came in last at only 10.5%. Wow. You're either not a big believer in the Bears or you're a big believer in somebody else. Who will win the most regular season games? Second in the voting, Marcus Freeman's Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Despite an 0-2 start to the season, the Irish, most wins among the three teams in the regular season, 31.6% say, yep, Notre Dame will have the most wins. 31.6% despite the 0-2 start. But winning the vote handily, Frank Reich's Indianapolis Colts, who do not have a win going into week two, they have that tie. The Colts got 57.9% of the vote. Shaq Leonard, their all-pro linebacker, has practiced two consecutive days. That's a major positive. 
Missed week one with a back injury. Get the emotional leader and truly just one of the best players on the team back. Great news going to Jacksonville. DeForest Buckner, their all-pro defensive tackle, has not practiced the last two days due to a hip injury. That's concerning. He's a run stuffer in the middle of that Colts defensive line. And oh, by the way, the Colts have to go to Jacksonville. If you're a Colt fan, you probably need an antacid before that game because the Colts cannot win in Jacksonville for whatever reason. They have lost seven in a row. They missed out on the postseason last year due to that dismal performance in the final week of the regular season at Jacksonville. It's week two. Maybe the Colts can get it done this time. Jaguars had a great chance to beat the Commanders in D.C. last weekend, let it slip away. But there's a big belief that the Colts will have the most regular season wins amongst the Irish and the Bears. Colts got 57.9% of the vote. We should probably post what you think the Irish record will be now following an 0-2 start. Probably heading toward 7-5. Agree? Disagree? Colts should win more than 7 if we're using the Irish guess as a factual guess. So, yeah, I think the Colts would win over seven. I had them winning the division. They're probably a 10-win team. Bears, I'm just not sold yet. I'm kind of with the population on this vote. I'm not sure they win seven. Underdog going to Green Bay this weekend, of course. So, yeah, Colts, I think they can get to 10. Irish, seven and five, eight and four. Do they beat someone that we don't expect at this point? You know what? Let's put that to a vote. As a matter of fact, here is today's Sportsbeat Twitter question of the day. And we have this. How many games this year will Notre Dame football win against the three best teams left on the schedule? Clemson. That's at home. BYU. Neutral field in Vegas, baby. And USC. At the Coliseum in SoCal. So how many games this year will Notre Dame football win against Clemson, BYU, and USC? You have four choices. The Irish will not beat any of those three teams. They'll win one, they'll win two, and they'll shock the world and beat Clemson, BYU, and USC. The fourth answer is three. You can vote right now on my Twitter account, at 960 Sports Beep. How many games this year will Notre Dame football win against Clemson, BYU, and USC? Zero, one, two, or three. People have started voting on this as of this afternoon. And right now the vote is very, very close. First place is getting 39.7%. Last place is getting 12.7%. So... Voting is kind of all over the place at this point. We'd love for you to vote on our Sportsbeat Twitter question of the day. Again, just go to my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. We'll pass along the results on tomorrow's program, and we will ask you an outright slash wagering combination question 
involving Notre Dame Cal on tomorrow's Sports Beat Twitter question of the day. 542 at WSBT. We'll talk some wagering lines involving Notre Dame and Cal next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. You can listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the App Store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. We're back on Sportsbeat 548 at WSBT. Notre Dame, California. 2.30 kick at Notre Dame Stadium on Saturday. Of course, the ballgame right here on WSBT Radio. Paul Burmeister with the call. Pre-game coverage starts at 8 a.m. Post-game show after the game. All on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. What about this game from a wagering standpoint as of earlier today let's look at the numbers first off winning the game outright no point spreads no plus no minuses just who wins the football game obviously Notre Dame is the favorite at minus 375 what does that mean well if you wager fifty dollars on the Irish to win outright you would basically win an extra 1333 you get your 50 back so Betting 50 wins 63-33. Not a lot of juice there. You make a little profit, but not a whole lot. California, though, on the other hand, wow, they are plus 290. And if they win this game, my goodness, you're going to triple your money if the Bears can come to Notre Dame Stadium and pull off the upset. When you bring in a point spread, Notre Dame, as of earlier today, favored by Ten and a half points at minus 110. If you believe in the underdog, California, you get a ten and a half point head start and you get the Bears at minus 110. Over under total points in the game. Well, who would have thought this at the start of the year? There might have been an expectation of some Irish fans that the number of points that Notre Dame would score in this game is the over-under number. Over-under total points for Notre Dame Cal, how about 39 and a half? That's it. If you believe there's going to be more than 39 and a half points scored in the game, that right now is the favorite at minus 115. Under 39 and a half is minus 105. So Vegas, or at least the wagers are expecting a low-scoring game at Notre Dame Stadium. I personally don't believe Cal is going to score that many points in this ballgame. More on that coming up. All right, first half. Here are the numbers. Notre Dame leading at halftime is minus 350. California leading at halftime, plus 260. The point spread in the first half, At halftime, Notre Dame minus 6.5 at minus 110. So if the Irish lead by 7 at halftime, you're a winner. California is plus 6.5 in the first half, also at minus 110. Over under total points for the first half, 20.5. That's it. 20.5 over is minus 115. That's the favorite. 
under 20 and a half is the underdog at minus 105. So those are some of the numbers for the Notre Dame-California game. Again, the way this game is being bet right now, no one is expecting a whole lot of points being scored in this game. You look at California, they have not exactly torn it up in their first two games against Cal Davis and UNLV. They put up only 20 points at home against UNLV on Saturday. Their offensive line has given up six sacks in those two games. I think the Irish defensive line is going to have a fun day at Notre Dame Stadium. You don't want to do the, well, they scored this many against this team, so they're going to do this against Notre Dame. But at the same time, 20 against UNLV, it is hard to imagine, unless there are special teams or defensive touchdowns involved, that California is going to reach that number that they had last week against the running Rebels. A very well-known handicapper. We had a conversation today about Notre Dame, and they pointed out one of the wagers that they really like out in Las Vegas right now is California's total points for the game, which is 14.5, and he liked the under. Well, without giving away my score prediction, which is on tomorrow's program, I am slightly under 14.5 for California's point total. Now, If the defense or special team scores a touchdown, then that number is probably going to go by the wayside. It's going to go over. But I'm just not a big believer in this Cal offense in this game. Notre Dame has faced Cal's quarterback at Purdue, Jack Plummer. He played a majority of the game at Notre Dame Stadium last year. Purdue threw a lot of short passes in that game. Plummer's pretty accurate. Not sure he can get the ball down the field consistently. I just like this matchup for Notre Dame. I don't think Notre Dame's defense is that far off from being where they want to be. Fourth quarter, those drives, strange. No takeaways, disappointing. I think that changes on Saturday. I'm going to talk about this tomorrow, but I have no idea what to expect from the Irish offense. Defense, I feel like I've got a good handle. Offensively, you can guarantee me anything right now. And I think I'd believe it. I just, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to see on Saturday. Can't wait to find out. Ball security is my major concern going into this football game. So those are the lines for Notre Dame and California. Again, who would have thought over the summer, 39 and a half total points. That's it. But Notre Dame's only averaging 15 and a half points per game. They will go over that number, I think, easily in this game against Cal. All right, 554, well, easily. Now, I've, I'll say this. I've got Notre Dame at 26 points, so going 11 over is not way over, but for a team averaging 15 a game, that's a pretty good over. All right, 554, my five question of the day is coming up. Five things the Notre Dame offense needs to do to have success against Cal. That's next on WSBT. One question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett, 558 at WSBT. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues as we wrap up the first of two hours on the program. Here we go with today's My Five Question of the Day. The five things the Irish offense, at least in my opinion, What they need to do to have success 
against the Cal Golden Bears. Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. Commit to the run game early to allow Drew Pine to settle in. California is not great stopping the run. You have Drew Pine ready to take the helm of this offense. First collegiate start. It would be nice if you could ease him into this game. I'm not saying being conservative and run the ball 62 times in a row. I'm just saying it would be nice to have the ability to run the football effectively early so Drew Pine is not looking at third and eight, third and 12 early on in this football game. Allow him to throw the football on his terms. Get ahead of the sticks. Give Drew Pine a second down and three, or should I say give Tommy Reese a second down and three, and allow Tommy to put pressure on the Cal defense. Heck yeah, you can run it again if you'd like, but it also is a down where Drew Pine can get involved in the passing game, get him comfortable, but it would sure be nice. That running game, effective early on in this game, and I do believe the running game will be good enough in the first quarter to allow Pine to settle in to this particular contest. Four. Things that the Irish offense need to do to have success against California. For Drew Pine, remember, you have two best friends, Michael Mayer and Lorenzo Styles. I want to say three, Chris Tyree, but he's not getting the football a whole lot at this point. So let's just stick with your two best friends. Drew Pine, you've got Michael Mayer and Lorenzo Styles to get the football too. Those are two of the more dynamic playmakers on this Fighting Irish offense. Yeah, Michael Mayer is going to get a lot of attention. Mr. Styles probably will have some one-on-ones, and I just believe this is the day Styles is going to have a game like he had against Oklahoma State. I think he goes over the century mark in receiving yards in this game. That's part of my predictions for tomorrow's show. So Drew just, you know, I'm trying to make some good predictions. Help me out here. Find that Styles guy. He's pretty good. So Drew, 87 and 4, they are your best buddies. Don't forget it. Okay, okay. Okay, here's where I try to become offensive coordinator. Hey, none of us can put together a game plan like offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators do. But we can at least help with some of the things that go into putting together an offense. This is just my opinion. For the Irish staff success against Cal, I don't think this is necessary, but I'd like to see it. I would like to see 15 touches for Chris Tyree, which would be three more than he's had over the first two games. Tyree is not too far behind Mayer and Styles as difference makers on this team. We saw, I think, a lot of Irish fans gain a lot of confidence in Tyree as a freshman. Last year, injuries really slowed him down. As far as we know, he's healthy right now. Maybe he's not. But as far as we know, he's healthy. And let's see if we can give him 10 rushes and five catches in this football game and allow Mr. Tyree Speed to torment 
the boys from Berkeley. Number two. This kind of goes back to my opening key to success when I was mentioning the run game. Settling in Drew Pine with a nice passing game where there's no pressure on him. How about using a quick passing attack to get Drew Pine off to that fast start? One step, ball out of his hand. In the flat to Lorenzo Styles and let that kid make a play. Maybe Braden Lindsay on the other side gets the same thing. Heck, even a shovel pass to Lindsay or Styles coming in motion. Cuts in front of the quarterback, a little pitch to him, and phew, away he goes. But I don't think we need to see bombs down the field on the first play. Let Drew have a couple of gimmies. A couple of gimme throws. I watched Alabama do that with Bryce Young, who won the Heisman Trophy last year. Easy throws early against Texas. Even a guy that good needs some confidence-building throws when he goes to Texas. Hey, I know Notre Dame's at home. 98% of the fans are going to be cheering for Drew Pine, but I just would like to see a nice, compact, short passing game early to allow Drew to take a big, deep breath and get a couple of completions under his belt. Number one. And finally... Notre Dame's offense needs to do this to have success against Cal. This is my big concern. This is my number one. No matter what else happens, Drew, take care of the football. Can't be loose with the football. No wild throws down the field. Don't throw the ball up for grabs. Ball security, vital. Margin for error is small right now for this football team, or at least it feels that way. Don't give Cal's offense freebies. Ball in plus territory, free seven points. I don't believe Cal can go 12 plays, 80 yards a couple of times in this game. Don't give Cal anything easy. Take care of the football, Drew Pine. Those are my keys for the Irish offense to have success against the Cal Golden Bears. It is 6.05. My name is Darren Pritchett. Greatly appreciate you stopping by on this Thursday. Coming up next, we take the 12 Notre Dame opponents on the schedule this year. And like an AP vote, we rank them from 12 to 1. There was some movement in the bottom part of the rankings, but the top five remain the same. We'll go through the ranking coming up in a couple of moments as we continue talking Notre Dame football. On your home of the Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Streaming live at WSBTradio.com and the WSBT radio app. Sports Center update is next. In 1922, we began broadcasting under the call letters WGAZ, the world's greatest automotive zone. Now, we're your home for the fighting Irish of Notre Dame and the best sports talk in South Bend. Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Celebrating 100 years of broadcasting in 2022. Great to have you on board. Budweiser's weekday sports beat, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett. 
And we're talking Notre Dame football as the Fighting Irish get set to take on the California Golden Bears. 2.30 kickoff at the stadium this Saturday. All the action on WSBT Radio. And for the latest in Fighting Irish football, it is the Marcus Freeman Show tonight in about 47 minutes. Don't change that dial right here at Sports Radio 960 WSBT or don't change that stream, I guess, if you're listening to our stream at WSBTradio.com or the WSBT radio app. 13 minutes after 6 o'clock, sunshine right now in downtown South Bend, Indiana. And following the Marcus Freeman Show, we have Thursday night NFL action. Great, great game tonight from the AFC West. Two 1-0 teams, Justin Herbert and the L.A. Chargers taking on the 1-0 Kansas City Chiefs. Good night of football coming up here on WSBT Radio. Well, on Thursdays, I come out with my Notre Dame opponent rankings. It is a one-man vote. I rank the 12 teams on the Irish football schedule like you do in the AP poll, the coaches poll, the college football playoff rankings. Try to figure out who's the best and who's not the best on the Fighting Irish schedule. There was some movement toward the back end of the rankings, but the top of the rankings are pretty much status quo. So away we go. This week's Notre Dame opponent rankings here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We start at number 12, the Caboose. They are our good friends from the United States Naval Academy, the midshipmen. They've been down for a couple of years. Coach Ken is one heck of a football coach, but he just hasn't had that explosive quarterback, and it doesn't look like he's got one now. Navy is 0-2. After losing to Delaware in their opener 14-7, they put up only 13 points against Memphis. Final score last Saturday, Memphis 37, Navy 13. Here's an oddity. Well, first, let me ask you this before I give you the oddity. When you think of Navy running the football, I'm betting your first two choices, if you had to guess who their leading rusher was for the season by position, you would say fullback or quarterback in some order, right? Those are the logical choices with option football. Would you believe right now through two games, wide receiver McQuell Washington is their leading rusher. That's the case. Quarterback Ty Lavatai has rushed for only 71 yards on 36 carries, less than two yards per carry for the Navy quarterback. Their fullback is only averaging 3.3 yards per carry. That's a sign the offensive line is having their issues as well. Well, for the midshipmen, they have a chance to take a breather. They are idle this week. A week from Saturday, Navy back on the road to take on the Pirates of East Carolina. Number 11 in the Notre Dame opponent rankings, the running Rebels of the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. UNLV is 1-1 one one so far this year. Last Saturday, they headed to Berkeley to take on Cal. Tight game. California escaped with a 20-14 win over the Rebels. 
UNLV at least has a decent quarterback, it looks like. Former Michigan State wide receiver is top target. But UNLV couldn't get a lot done against Cal last week, losing by six. UNLV will try to get it right this Saturday. The Rebels will take on North Texas, a home game for UNLV. That game will kick off at 3 o'clock Eastern time. Now we move to number 10 in the Notre Dame opponent rankings. At number 10, this week's opponent, the California Golden Bears, who are 2-0. As we've documented, they beat Cal Davis and last week beat UNLV 20-14. And by beating UNLV, they actually dropped back a spot in my poll. California led by Purdue transfer Jack Plummer, the quarterback, against UNLV, 28 of 39 for 278. Again, I just don't know if he gets the ball down the field enough to scare you. Less than 10 yards per completion against UNLV last week. Plummer had a touchdown and a pick against UNLV. Number nine in this week's opponent ranking. One of two teams without a win so far this year. Navy was the first. And coming in at number nine, the 0-2 Eagles of Boston College. There's a Notre Dame flavor with that BC team. Quarterback Phil Jerkovic, tight end George Takis. Mike McNulty, offensive coordinator, former tight end coach at Notre Dame. But BC right now, their offensive line is not playing well. They don't stop the run very well. Not a good combination. Jerkovic probably is going to be running for his life throughout the year. I'm not sure he makes it healthy to the Notre Dame game. Jerkovic against Virginia Tech last week, a 27-10 Eagle road loss in Blacksburg. Phil went 15 of 28 for only 135 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. BC plummets three spots from 6-9 to nine in this week's Notre Dame opponent rankings. So the bottom four, Navy at 12, UNLV 11, California 10, Boston College 9. To number eight, moving up a couple of spots in my ranking, the thundering herd of Marshall. I've got Marshall number eight after beating the Fighting Irish in South Bend last Saturday, 26-21. A lot of transfers from Power 5 conference schools on that herd football team. They didn't blink at Notre Dame Stadium, and they picked up the victory. Now, can they refocus? Because Marshall heads back out on the road to Bowling Green. They'll take on the Falcons, a 5 o'clock kick on Saturday. It will be interesting to see how well Marshall plays after the emotional win. NBC did a pretty good job of showing you the pictures of the Marshall players celebrating the victory on the field. Some of them just sitting on the turf in disbelief like they won the football game. So Marshall got it done, but that doesn't mean they win the rest of their games. What will they do against Bowling Green? That game, 5 o'clock on Saturday, Marshall number 8 in my Notre Dame opponent rankings. Coming in at number 7, a team on the rise right now. The Syracuse Orange. Syracuse is 2-0. Early on in the season, they have beaten Louisville 
And then they went to stores and beat UConn 48-14. to Syracuse has ran the ball very well against their first two opponents. Syracuse against a, a very poor UConn team, 40 carries, 208 yards. Their quarterback, Garrett Schrader, had a couple of rushing touchdowns to go along with three passing touchdowns, 20 of 23, throwing the football for 292 yards. Sean Tucker, running back Syracuse, back-to-back 100-yard rushing performances against the Huskies, 27 carries for 112 yards. Now Louisville bounced back with a really nice win after looking very, very lifeless against Syracuse. Let's see what Syracuse has in store for us this week. They will take on the old Purdue Boilermakers, a noon kick. Haven't looked lately. I think Syracuse was a one-point favorite earlier this week. Orange and Boilers should be fun coming up Saturday at noon. Now we move to number six in the Notre Dame opponent rankings. This team up a couple of spots to number six. From the Pac-12 Conference, the Stanford Cardinal, and they move up even though they lost. And I moved up Stanford anyway because their offense is showing a little life right now. Stanford lost at home to the University of Southern California, 41-28 in the game. Stanford ran over the USC defense. 45 rushes for the Cardinal for 221 yards, and they got a nice performance, not great, nice, from Tanner McKee, who the Irish faced last year. McKee for Stanford went 20 of 35 for 220 yards, a touchdown with two picks. So Stanford, who went 3-9 and last year, 2-7 and in the Pac-12, showing that they appear to be a better football team this year. They'll come to Notre Dame Stadium in October. Stanford number six in this week's Notre Dame opponent ranking. Now to the top five, which did not change. My number five team probably is the hardest to place in the ranking. They are the North Carolina Tar Heels. North Carolina is 3-0. After winning that absolutely bizarre game against App State two weeks ago, Carolina back on the road, held on to beat Georgia State 35-28. Now Carolina's played Florida A&M, App State, who won at Texas A&M last Saturday, and at Georgia State. You can judge how good those teams are. All I know is freshman Derek May is looking like a quarterback that is going to put up big numbers against a lot of teams. May is 72 of 97. The former Alabama commit is completing 74% of his throws. 74. How about 11 touchdown passes, one interception? His greatness does not stop there. On the season, through three games, Derek has 26 rushes for 146 yards and a touchdown. Carolina's defense is giving up a lot of points and a lot of yards. Watching North Carolina football is like watching a pinball game. I mean, all kinds of excitement. They aren't dull, to say the least. 
There's going to be a lot of points scored in Carolina games this year. Carolina idle this week. They will host the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame in two weeks. A 3.30 kickoff has been established for the Fighting Irish and Mac Brown's Tar Heels. So Carolina number five in my Notre Dame opponent ranking, up to number four. In my preseason prediction, I had this team beating the Irish in Vegas. The BYU Cougars are 2-0. And BYU picked up a marquee victory at home last Saturday. A little late-night football that took overtime, but BYU beat the favorite from the Big 12, the Baylor Bears, 26-20. BYU, 36 rushes, 312 yards. Their quarterback, Jaron Hall, 23 of 39 for 261, a touchdown, and no interceptions. BYU will play another ranked team coming up this Saturday when they take on the Oregon Ducks in Eugene. That'll be a 3.30 kickoff. Another interesting BYU game. I misspoke. Let me go back for a second. BYU in that game against Baylor ran it 33 times for 83 yards. So they didn't run it very well. Got the 283 passing yards. Total, 261 from Hall. And Baylor, I mean, they ran it 52 times for 152. Less than three yards per carry. Pretty doggone impressive. Now, their quarterback had four carries for minus 22 sacks take away from that rushing total. So, BYU is 2-0. And they will take on the old Oregon Oregon Ducks in Eugene, 3.30 on Saturday. That should be another fun BYU game. Number three in my Notre Dame opponent ranking, the Trojans from the University of Southern California. As I mentioned a moment ago, they went on the road to a place where they have not had a whole lot of success the last few years, the farm, but they beat Stanford 41-28. Heisman hopeful. USC quarterback Caleb Williams, a second consecutive fine performance against the Cardinal, 20 of 27, 341 yards with four touchdown strikes. Two of the four touchdown passes to the pit transfer, Jordan Addison, who destroyed the Stanford defense. Addison, seven receptions, 172 yards, and the two TDs. Here comes the butt. But USC allowed 441 yards of total offense, including 221 yards on the ground. A lot of things to improve on that USC defense, but, man, they can score. This could be an interesting game at the old Coliseum this Saturday. USC Fresno State at 1030. Clemson comes in at number two in my Notre Dame opponent ranking. The Tigers are 2-0. Their quarterback, DJU, eh, last year, better this year, 40 of 59, 67% completion percentage through two games, three touchdowns, and a pick. He's got a pretty good freshman breathing on the back of his neck, Cade Klubnik. 
So far, he's 5 of 10 for 47 yards and a touchdown. The guy Notre Dame went hard after, running back Will Shipley. Only one catch for 14 yards. I think he'll be more involved in the passing game as the season continues. Shipley averaging a little over five yards per carry. Through two games, Shipley 20 carries, 110 rushing yards, but he has found the end zone four times. Clemson last Saturday took care of Furman 35-12. Their massive non-conference schedule continues this Saturday. Clemson will play Louisiana Tech. That'll be an 8 o'clock kick in Death Valley. Clemson number two in my Notre Dame opponent ranking. And last but not least, my preseason number one, my number one after week one, my number one after week two, the Buckeyes from Ohio State. They followed up their win over Notre Dame by beating Arkansas State at the Horseshoe 45-20. to Arkansas State put up some points at Ohio State, but the old Buckeye offense got rolling once again. They averaged 45 per game last year. They had 45 against ASU on Saturday. I think Ohio State is the most talented team on the Notre Dame schedule, and I don't believe Ohio State will leave that number one spot in my ranking for a good amount of time, if ever. Maybe Michigan again, but the game will be in Columbus. So I think Ohio State, it's going to take a lot to push them out of that number one spot in my Notre Dame opponent ranking. So again, from 12 to 1, the teams on the Irish schedule, how I rank them. 0-2 Navy, number 12, with UNLV at 1-1 at number 11. This week's opponent, 2-0 Cal, comes in at number 10. 0-2 Boston College is tumbling down the rankings. They're number 9. Marshall beats Notre Dame. They vault up to number eight. I've got 2-0 Syracuse at number seven. They've got a big game against Purdue this week. Stanford is number six. I don't think I mentioned they're idle this week. They play in two weeks at Washington. Number five is 3-0 North Carolina with number four being BYU at 2-0. The number three team in my Notre Dame opponent ranking, USC, who is 2-0. 2-0 Clemson is number two, and Ohio State, the 2-0 Buckeyes, are number one. And Ohio State will take on Toledo, 7 o'clock at the Horseshoe this Saturday. That's a look at the Notre Dame opponent rankings following week two. Just for fun, if we included Notre Dame in the ranking, where would we put them? Well, you'd have to put them behind Ohio State, Clemson, USC, BYU. They come into play at number five with Carolina, then Stanford and Syracuse. I think Notre Dame is better than Stanford and Syracuse. So I think I would put Notre Dame right around number five where North Carolina is. 6.32 is our time. I'm Darren Pritchett. You're listening to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. On your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Notre Dame brings five. Bradley steps back. In trouble. He sacks. At the 15-yard line, J.D. Bertrand got him. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And down he goes. 
at the 16-yard line. Justin Adamy Lola got there first. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Oh, intercepted. This will be a pick six. Into the end zone goes Jack Kaiser. 42-yard touchdown. Sportsbeat continues, 638 and WSBT. Sports wagering conversation coming up in our next segment at 7 o'clock. It is the second installment of the Marcus Freeman Show. And then at 8 o'clock, we go to Westwood One's coverage of Thursday Night Football. It is the L.A. Chargers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Should be a really good football game tonight in the National Football League. I believe that game is on Amazon Prime Video only. So if you do not get that streaming service, keep in mind, 960 AM WSBT, we will have the Chargers and the Chiefs for you tonight here on WSBT Radio. One of the really good-looking football players through two weeks for the Fighting Irish has been Notre Dame cornerback Tariq Bracey. Bracey has been credited with eight tackles through two games, six of those solos. He has already two tackles for loss in the game, and he has done a really good job of slowing down opposing wide receivers. He gets some tough assignments in the nickel, but he has stood up and has played outstanding football for Fighting Irish defensive coordinator Al Golden. Preparation, you know, preparation. uh, I mean, I can just, I can keep saying it. Um, So Coach Mick's office is right next to mine and and braces in there all the time and studying film and um, he gets the ace every week, you know, he gets the challenge, he gets the matchup. It's, it's hard. It's hard in that slot, you know, and uh, he's, done a, he's done a really good job and he's prepared well and he's a competitor and he's really smart. So um, getting really pleased with, with the direction his game is going. Jack Kaiser right now leads the Irish in tackles with 15, seven solos, eight assists, one and a half tackles for loss, and he is one of three Irish players with one sack on the season. How about Howard Cross, the interior defensive lineman, second on the team in tackles with 14. He has a tackle and a half of tackle for loss, I should say, of one and a half. And J.D. Bertrand, 12 tackles along with safety. Brandon Joseph, they are your tackling leaders so far this year. And the Irish still want to be better in the tackling area. That Then hopefully that leads to some takeaways. The Irish are still looking to create that First turnover for Al Golden. Yeah, we can we can mix it up and do a better job with that. So again, we're, we've limited, you know, uh, explosives. We have you know kept the points down. Uh, but what we haven't done is turn the field on a, a takeaway. So takeaways, um, more you know more hits and, and sacks on the quarterback. All of those things, kind of what you're alluding to, and that you're accurate. We can do a better job with that for sure. All right, there you go. Al Golden, defensive coordinator. The Irish are going to look to turn over Jack Plummer and the Bears on Saturday, getting more pressure on the quarterback, always key. Right now the Irish with four sacks through two games, three of those against Marshall last Saturday. Meanwhile, the Irish pass protection has allowed five sacks over the first two games, and now they will look to protect protect, excuse me, new starting quarterback Drew Pine. Once again, the Irish and the Bears, 2.30 kickoff on Saturday. Show me the money. 
We go with And here we go with sports wagering conversation. We going to Sizzler on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. Well, we're trying to build up our confidence after a very difficult Monday when I went 0-4. Yesterday, it was a little bit better. We had a 2-2 day, but we need a whole lot better today to try to get back to 500 by the end of the week. Let's go through what happened last night. I took the Jays on the money line over the Rays at minus 110. The game was in Toronto, and I thought Ross Stripling would do a great job on the mound for the Jays against that Rays offense, and the Blue Jays got it done. They won by a final score of 5-1. to one. The second wagering suggestion did not work out. Corbin Burns lost to Adam Wainwright. I had the Brewers on the money line at minus 120, but the Redbirds at Bush Stadium turned back the Brew Crew by three. Another win was the Yankees on the money line at the Red Sox at minus 120. Nelson Cordes was on the mound. He pitched well, and the Yankees beat Boston 5-3. And the fourth and final suggestion from last night, boy, this wager was pretty much done in the first five minutes of the Cubs-Mets game last night in New York. The Cubs and Mets under eight runs at minus 115. The Cubs scored six runs in the top of the first. But you know what? Going to the bottom of the eighth inning, we were still okay. Eight total runs had been scored. It was 6-2 Cubs. But Pete Alonzo hit a solo home run in the bottom of the eighth, and the game ended up with nine total runs, so a losing wager as the Cubs won 6-3. So again, 2-2 last night, 3-9 for the week, and this week has really slowed down our September momentum, 18-17-1. Here we go with four suggestions for tonight. We're going to base the four suggestions around Thursday night football as the Los Angeles Chargers take on the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a terrific AFC West showdown. My first suggestion, Chargers and Chiefs, 54 total points. I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to go under 54 At minus 110, there's a history of Thursday night football games being lower scoring. And even though 72% of the tickets coming in in Las Vegas are for the over, I'm going to say the heck with the majority. I think this is going to go a little under, not by a lot, but I think Chargers Chiefs under 54 total points tonight. The second suggestion Justin Herbert and the Chargers have played well in Kansas City. I don't know if they pick up the win, but it's going to be a close game. I'm going L.A. Chargers plus four and a half at Kansas City at minus 115. The Chargers have built up their defense in hopes of being able to compete with Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes was on fire in week one with five touchdown passes at Arizona. Chargers have a better pass rush, and I think that can be a factor tonight. My third suggestion for tonight, Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert under 282.5 passing yards at minus 115. I think they're going to be able to run the football okay in this game. Austin Eckler is going to play a key role, maybe even Mishawaka Marion's. 
Horvath will have an opportunity to catch another touchdown pass like he did last week in their season opening win over the Raiders. But I'm going to go Justin Herbert under 282.5 passing yards. And the fourth and final suggestion, due to the pressure that the Chargers can put on a quarterback, I'm going to say Patrick Mahomes throws at least one interception in tonight's game. I'm going Patrick Mahomes over 0.5 interceptions at minus 135. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 